are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. All right, open your Bibles now, please. Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. Acts 11, 26. In the Word of God, very wonderful, wonderful to be here. And God bless you, Pastor, and all of you dear friends who are in this hour. Verse 26, When he had found him, he brought him into Antioch. And he came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, underscore that in your Bible. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Interesting thing, that word Christian. And I'm using that word tonight to emphasize the matter of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a child of God, then you are a Christian. You're a follower of the Lord. And I believe that that's the greatest honor you can have to be called a Christian, to be saved, to be born again, be on your way to heaven. And there's nothing like that. And rejoice in love. Now, the greatest need of every man in this world is Christ. The greatest need of every man, woman, and child in the entire world is the Lord Jesus Christ. And they should be brought to Him. And our part is to point them to the Savior. And we rejoice in that. But knowing Christ as Savior. I, I used to be a witness to a man in Chattanooga who would go up and down the street with his little instruments and would uh, visit homes and beg for money and so forth. And uh, I, I witnessed to him. And he said, no, I have no need of Christ. I don't have no need of Christ. I have lots of friends. He said, I have hundreds and hundreds of friends, and they back me up, and, and I'm so-and-so. And he laughed at me and turned away. But the old man died. I went to the funeral. I, I knew him. I went. There were exactly five people there, counting myself. He didn't have many friends, did he? And uh, he was talking about friendship, but he didn't know it. He had turned his back upon the Lord. Now, you need Christ as your Savior and need to walk with Him. And now, uh, what is your greatest need? What is the greatest need of your life? Money, or friends, or education, position? Christian, what is your greatest need? I put out a certain thing to give to him quickly. Number one, you need appreciation for what God has done for you. Number one, you need appreciation for what God has done for you. Now, you think of it. If you're a born-again child of God, then rejoice in your heart and rejoice every day and every moment that you're saved, born again, going to heaven when you die. And you're ready if Christ comes. You're ready to go up and meet Him in the air. And He's coming again. Now, uh, look at that. And remember what you are. Don't, don't gripe. Don't complain. Don't find fault. Just rejoice in the fact that you're saved, born again, going to heaven. And that's it. Appreciate what God has done for you. For saving your soul. Oh, think what it is to be born again. To be brought out of darkness into light. To know the joy of salvation. To have the promise of eternal life with Him. And all of this is yours. And we rejoice in that. And don't let your memory grow dim. Revive yourself. Stir yourself. Remember, remember, Christian, who you are and what you are and where you're going when you die. And think of all that God has done for you. Remember it. And thank the Lord for saving your soul. Then, He's given us a guidebook for life, the Bible. Here is the Holy Word of God. And this has been given unto us. Holy Bible book divine, precious treasure thou art mine. Mine to tell me whence I came. Mine to tell me what I am. Read your Bible. Pastor, I've discovered something. Very few people read the Bible through. I, talk, I get on quiz on it sometimes. I mean, even uh, people who go to church all of their lives 
and read the Bible every day, but they've never read it through from general revelation. And I recommend that you read the Bible through. If you're here tonight and you've never done so, then begin when you go home tonight and read four or five chapters and keep it up every day until you read your Bible completely through. The Word of God now. Uh, know your Bible and give thanks for the Word of God. Holy Bible book divine. And read your Bible. Read it through all of it. Now, what is your favorite chapter in the Bible? Now, in your own heart, you Bible students and, and teachers and preachers, you have one. And th think of that. But maybe you don't have one. Well, you don't have to have one, but it's good if you do have. And have a chapter that you call your favorite chapter in the Bible. That's all right. My favorite verse is Romans eight twenty eight. When our little one died, her name was Joy. When Joy died, a babe, our babe, God gave me Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them with the call according to His purpose. I rested upon that then. I rest upon it now for peace and for assurance that all things work together for good. I'm a child of God. He's given us the privilege of prayer. And you can pray and get answered to your prayers. Every one of us should pray, be a prayer warrior. We ought to be at it night and day. God answered prayer. And you have not because you ask not. And we fail in our lives. We fail to have happiness and peace. We fail to have the proper equipment for life. The things we need so much. Because we do not pray and wait upon God. But pray for yourself and pray for others. And make it a matter of prayer. Then he promised divine guidance. I will guide thee with mine eye. And I believe that. God will guide us. And will show us what to do. When I left the Southern Baptist Convention. Became an independent Baptist. I had letters beyond number telling from pastors telling me I'd made an awful mistake. And they said, what a big mistake. I, I regret it at a later time, they said. And uh, I read the letters, I answered the letters. I was kind to them. But they were trying to inform me that I'd made an awful, tragic mistake when I came out of the convention. But I felt I'd done what God said. And I've been happy about it ever since. And God has never changed. He promised to be with us. He promised us divine grace. I will guide thee with mine eye. He guided Paul. He'll guide you. He'll guide your life. He'll show you what to do, where to go, what to do, what to say. Wait upon him for guidance. Mother, father, children, wait upon God to guide you and to direct your life. And he will guide you and he will direct you if you wait upon him. Ask him to show you what to do. What is the next step in your life? Should I buy this or should I do this? Should I go there or go there? You wait upon God and God will guide you and will show you what He wants you to do. Right. I went to Chattanooga, a little church, not very many people in it, maybe a hundred. One building, nothing else. But God began to guide and I began to follow Him. We lost a little one whose name was Joy. And Joy died. It broke our hearts. Died suddenly. And uh, uh, in, with a broken heart, God led me to start Camp Joy for children. I said, I want to win just as many of the Lord as I can. I want to get kids saved, get them born again, get them young in life. And I began the work of Camp Joy. You can't believe it. I went up to Lake Chickamauga. I looked around. I found the land I wanted, a beautiful hillside, a lovely land coming down to the lake, the edge of Lake Chickamauga, beautiful place. And uh, it went on sale in auction at, at, at the courthouse in Chattanooga. Had a big auction sale, hundreds of people there. And I said, I want that land. I said, dear Lord, give it to me. Give it to me. 
And the auctioneer got up and made a long speech and told about the land, what it looked like, what it was worth, how many thousands of dollars it was worth. And he made the whole speech to hundreds of people there. And I listened. I was in the back of the crowd. I said, well, that's done for me. That's all over. And finally, he stopped and said, now, this is my description of property. Now, we'll begin the bidding for the, for the highest bid. We'll get the property. It's yours. And when he said, now, the first bid, I spoke up in the back of the crowd. I said, I bid $3,000. He laughed. And they laughed. The people laughed at me. $3,000. I said, I bid $3,000. And he laughed and said, thank you, sir, thank you, sir. Now, what, what's the next bid? What's the next bid? He never got another bid. He never got one single bid. Not one. Not one. And he finally closed it and said, I don't understand this. But he said, uh, somehow this thing has been set up here. This man gets the property for $3,000. It's worth about 60000 70000 and he said, but we close the, uh, the bid. I went up to him and I said, sir, I'm the man that bid the property. And I'm going to build that for our children. I said, I'm a little bit embarrassed. I don't have any money. <laughs> he said, you don't have three? I said, no, sir, I don't have it. You give me a, a, a few hours and I'll have a bigger and pay you off. He said, all right, I'm going so far now. I'll give you some time to go down and borrow the money and pay you off. Wait a minute. That began Camp Joy. And out of Camp Joy, many thousands have been saved. We take them up there free. A great, marvelous place it is today. I'm trying to show you something, that God will use your life, and you can pray, and God will answer your prayers. He will guide you in what you do in your life. He will guide you. Depend on God for guidance. Don't live your life in a maze of conflicts. But come before God with a, a prayer and say, Lord, show me what I should do. Guide my life. And do exactly what God says. Then he's given me peace. He said, my peace I give unto you. The wonderful peace of God. He's given peace to every Christian. Some people do not, do not appropriate it. Huh? Some get away from it. No, you lay hold of the peace of God and say, this is for me. I'm resting upon it. And you can say, this is mine. Now, the greatest event of your life is when you got saved. Salvation definitely. It'll be definite. Nothing vague, nothing uncertain, but you know what it is. Now, the greatest blessing of your life, hold it in your thinking. The greatest blessing or greatest joy that you've had is this resting upon the Lord and knowing that Christ is your Savior, heaven is your own. Have appreciation for what God has done for you. Let me come to the second thing. The second greatest need of your life is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. First, appreciation for what God has done. Secondly, your need is for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, are you listening? If you're saved, you have him now. If you're saved, he dwells in you. The Christian is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Now, that Holy Spirit is there. He wants to fill you and control your life. As we read in the New Testament of the apostles. The mission work in the beginning. And all of it. And the fullness of the Spirit, when you completely say, Lord, I'm in your hands, I surrender my life. I want you to fill me and possess me and guide me and direct me and use me in every way possible. And you've got to come to that place. The greatest need of your life, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if I go away, not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. 
After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. But ye shall receive power, the power to live. How many people need that? This stumbling day of ours, this wicked day of ours. Power to live for God. And the consciousness of the Holy Spirit within you will give you that power to live. And you can enjoy life, whatever it may be, with the hardships and the heartaches, the tears that will flow, but still you can have joy in your heart and know that Christ is with you and that God is with you and will take care of you every step of the way. Power to walk with Him. Power to live for Him. Power every day. Power to witness for Him. And you should be witnesses unto me. That's the power that He wants you to have. And to witness and tell people of Christ. You know, it's an amazing thing how God uses people. Isn't it amazing? Uh, to witness for Him. I knew a lady up in Middle Tennessee, at Springfield, Tennessee, a very ordinary little lady named Miss Abi Burr, B-U-R-R. But I've never in my life met a lady who could win people to Christ as she could. And she did it. She's with the Lord now. But for years I watched her. The Holy Spirit used that poor little woman in a marvelous way. And I've listened to her witness. I've, I've talked with her. How God can use her. I'm encouraging you to be a witness for Christ, surrendered completely to Him, and witness for Him that others might be saved. We had in Chattanooga a man that worked with our buses for many, many years, M.J. Parker. Clarence knows him so well. M.J. Parker, uneducated, never finished the third grade in school. But a marvelous personality. And when he got saved, he gave it all to God. And he's the man who came to me and said, Brother Robertson, why can't we have buses here at the church? I never thought of it. I let him go out and get the first one and buy the first one. And we went on. He was in charge of it until we had 30 new buses one time, 30 brand new ones. And then we had 40 and more. But they come this man in charge of all of it. And getting people saved. You couldn't stay within three seconds without hearing the way of salvation. He was that way. And yet an uneducated man, M.J. Parker, became the best known man in the city because of what he did. And now God can use people. And will use people when they're surrendered to the Lord completely. And your power, power to witness for Him. Let God use your life. Let God put His hand upon you. Let God bless you. And speak the word of Christ and the message of Christ with fullness and power and assurance. And knowing that God is with you. And that God will bless you in your witnessing. Then power also to die for Him. Stephen did. Stephen, a man of full of faith and the Holy Spirit, he preached. They gnashed on him with their teeth. Then he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Acts 7, 20, Now that's the power. Now the world is not kind to spirit-filled people. The world can't understand you. I said the world. But you say, oh God, I want the fullness of God's power upon me. I want to be surrendered to the Lord. I want the Holy Spirit to dominate my life and control my life and direct my life. And I give myself to Him. Fear not, He's wise. He'll lead you. He'll show you. But fear the world. The world is full of everything on the outside, of every method and idea. 
But be steadfast and be filled with the Spirit of God. What I've given you very quickly. Number one, we need appreciation for what God has done for us. Now, don't get away from that. We need appreciation for what God has done for us. Secondly, we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Number three, we need a concern for a lost and dying world. We must have it. Without Christ, men are lost and going to hell. And we've got to be concerned for them. And we've got to let God use us in every way we can to point people to the Lamb of God and to get people saved. I remember bringing a man to Chattanooga years ago. I wonder how many of you know his name. I put up a big tent for him on the Highland Park school grounds. A big old tent. Great big thing. And he came in. And he preached. He preached the first night on, John, uh, on, on Luke 16 on hell. Luke 16. Came back the second night. Luke 16 again. And for two solid weeks, that man whose name was Jesse Henley. How many of you knew his name? Some of you. Jesse Henley. Two nights in, in, in every night in a big tent meeting. Thousands were coming. And he preached on Luke 16. He sweat. He perspired. He ran up and down the aisles. He cried. He did all in the world to get people saved. And they were saved. Thousands were saved in that meeting. Now, a concern for a lost and dying world. Hell is real. Heaven is real. And people without Christ are lost. They're condemned already. But they can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. But they must hear the gospel. Hear the word. Without concern, we're not Christ-like. Without concern, we're not Christ-like. Ah, watch yourself. I, I go to the church where they complain about the invitation being too long. They say the preacher takes too long for the invitation. People are getting saved, but it's, it's too long. They're not concerned about souls. They're not concerned about people. Now, your greatest need of the Christian and of every Christian is a concern for lost and dying people. Without concern, we're not Christ-like. You have no claim to Christ like this unless you're concerned about others. Without concern, we're not obeying the Scriptures. We're not pointing people over the hem of God. We're satisfied with disobedience. Without concern, you're robbing God of God's richest blessing. Robbing us of God's richest blessing. Concern sent the Apostle Paul out. Hazardous roads and conditions and one souls of Christ. Concern led him to witness for Christ and to win. Concern made him an example for all of us. Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. And we should have the same concern. And in the jail cell in Acts 16, Paul and Silas prayed and sang and praised God. Amen. And the doors were open and souls were saved. What mighty things God to do. The burden of Paul's heart in Romans 9, 1, 2, and 3. Read it carefully tonight before you go to bed. Romans 9, 1, 2, and 3. The concern of his heart. The concern for souls. Uh, we're reaching people, telling people of Christ. The Sunday school teacher in Eastlake in Birmingham brought a child forward. They criticized her for doing it. And uh, they'd criticized her when she won the mother and father. They criticized her brought the child. And she was told about the thing. She came to me and said, the people are, are criticizing my soul, winning, about witnessing. I signed her Bible. 
But when it was time to Bible, that little lady who had won the mother and father to Christ and one little daughter to Christ, I looked in the Bible, front and back, names everywhere. As she led people to the Lord, she wrote the name, name down. She had a Bible filled with hundreds of names, a little lady that she had led to Christ. And she was writing the name down in a book to remember. Concern for souls. A concern for the lost and dying people. Isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? Isn't it a wonderful thing to be saved, born again? But think of the millions outside of this door tonight who are lost and dying, empty hearts, confused minds, troubled souls, lost and dying, going to hell. And we're here content and satisfied inside of a beautiful building, rejoicing in our salvation, which they don't know a thing about. We need that concern, a concern for people, a concern for the souls of men to bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. Oh, Dr. M. R. D. Hahn, that great radio preacher, I wrote him in Chattanooga. We're having a big tent meeting, and the first night he was there, he preached one of his great sermons, a great Bible teacher, M. R. D. Hahn, and gave an invitation, I gave it, and he disappeared. He was back in the audience talking to people about Christ. He bring him forward one by one. That old radio preacher with that low gravelly voice of his, but witnessing, witnessing to people, M.R.D. Hahn. Oh, you can win people to Christ. Way back in my youth, I had meetings with George W. Truett, the famous Southern Baptist preacher. He was criticized by many. He was Southern Baptist. But George Stewart could preach. Beautiful, magnificent voice. And stand and exalt the Savior. A great man of God. The night that he died, they tell the story, and I've heard it from many out in Texas. He stood at the window of his home, looked out over the city of Dallas, and saw the thousand symbolized by the houses and buildings all, all over the area. He looked and cried like a baby. The very night that he died, he wept over the city, a lost city, the thousand going to hell. Now may God give us the courage to witness and to testify for Christ. May God give us concern, a big concern on our, on our soul that will enable us to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we need to have concern. I preach out in Houston, Texas. Great crowd of people, fine, lovely audience. And uh, I preached my sermon, gave an invitation. And as those who like to be saved, they raised their hands and the hand went up. I saw way back in the back the hand of a man go up. Couldn't miss him. Adams had a big old red cap. Big old red cap. Pulled down over his down his eyes. Big old fella. And I felt led to go back to speak to him. I went back to the crowd. There he stood. I said, sir, you want to be a savior? Yes, sir, I do. I want to be a child of God. I brought him down the aisle, coming down the aisle, up to the front of the tent. I reached up and took the old cap over his head, threw it on the bench, got rid of that. Had him drop to his knees down the front. I gave him the gospel. I told him of Jesus, who was ready to save to the uttermost. That big old fellow was saved. Rough as pig iron. 
forgotten by people, a strange character, but with great earnestness and simplicity that, yes, I'll accept Christ as my Savior tonight. That's what it is. That's the job. Concern, concern, concern to win people to Christ. Now, what do we need? We need appreciation for what God has done for us. Secondly, we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Thirdly, we need concern for the lost and dying world. That's what we need. That's what I need. You need the three greatest needs of every Christian I've outlined tonight. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts, we pray. May the Lord Jesus be real to us. May Christ be near to us, and He is. He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's here tonight. Help us to feel His presence, and now help us to do His will. Do His will. Have a compassion for the souls of men. A compassion for lost and dying souls. Dear Lord, speak to this audience and bless everyone here. May your will be done for Jesus' sake. Heads are bowed. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.